Hello everyone, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am going to own those from Monica. So happy to see you here once again. It's been a minute, but that's okay because we're here now. Today, I want to talk about the Netflix film, The White Tiger. It was an Oscar nominated film. And I believe that it came out uh, 2021. I watched it recently. Excuse me. So separate. Release date is January 13th, 2021. Director Raman Baharani. Story by Aravind Adiga, who also wrote the book with the same name. So sorry if I mess up anyone's names during this movie, during this podcast. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about it. I kind of want to just like give you guys a rundown of what happened in the movie. And then I'm going to give you my thoughts about what happened in the movie as we're talking about it. Going over the plot. And going over certain things I like and certain things I don't like. So let's get started. The movie opens with an amazing scene. I love it when a movie opens up with a scene that's from like this, like the heightened plot, like the conflict. I love when the movie opens up with like a nice little juicy scene to get us in there. You know what I mean? So the movie opens with our main character, Balram. He's in the backseat of a car with Priyanka Chopra and her husband. I know her name is Pinky in the movie, but I refer to her as Priyanka Chopra in the movie. Who's also the executive director of this film. But I feel like she gets like a really kind of small role in the movie. Which, mm, it kind of, it sucks a little bit. But she, I think she fits her role perfectly in the movie. I should just continue telling about telling you about the movie. But essentially... The movie starts with Priyanka Chopra being obviously drunk and drinking in India and they almost hit somebody. But then the movie takes us back to the beginning with Balram when he is a child and he is going to school and how he's very smart, smarter than all the other kids. He is so much smarter than the other kids when he goes to school that one of the teachers calls him the white tiger, one of the rarest um, of its species. A white tiger only comes once in a lifetime. And Balram has been called this. And it's wonderful that he's really good in school and that he's very smart. And he's so smart that he gets a scholarship to study in Delphi. No, Delhi. My bad. I don't know why I said Delphi. He gets a scholarship to study in Delhi. However, his father is very, very sick with tuberculosis. And his father, they have to travel two days' time to go see to be to go see the one hospital near them and his brother goes to get the doctor but the doctor never comes because his father passes away and with his father passing away they cannot afford to send young Balram to go to Delhi to go to school because their landlords the storks they are ruthless men who come in and take at least a third of what they earn and their father was always in debt to the landlords. So now Balram has to go work in the tea shop and he can't go to school. And he hadn't been inside of the school for the rest of his life, which is very sad. And a common theme in um, films surrounding poverty. And it happens with people who are poor. They cannot afford schooling and schooling is very expensive. And so they have to work to support their family. And so he says... I do want to say, like, in this movie, Balram is a narrator, so he's, like, kind of 
you were hearing his inner thoughts as we're watching the movie go along and I feel kind of like I'm okay with narrators sometimes but there are times where they can get a little annoying like there are times where they're just like a little too on the nose of certain stuff and there are times where the narrator drops some wisdom and drops some insights on how Balram thinks and how he feels obviously because that's how a narrator operates in the movie <clears throat> so one thing that I wrote down in my notes was that he compared being poor to being in a rooster coop you're in the coop and you see a rooster die and yet you do not rebel he talks about how a servant will not steal from his master he does not think that Indians are the most honest and spiritual people he thinks that people are stuck in a rooster coop he thinks that now this is very similar to some of the thinking people have in regards to poverty in the u.s as well where they think that everyone's part of a hive mind everyone's part of the group mind you don't want to break away from the pack you want to be a sheep you want to follow the herd you don't want to be the lone wolf and the thing is a lot of people who do think this way have a have a very like linear way of thinking when it comes to money when it comes to success i understand that being born into poverty means that you do not have a lot of options when it comes to breaking out of the cycle of poverty and how it can bog you down and you can do whatever you can to try and help yourself but sometimes it's just not enough it's obvious that Balram thinks highly of himself and he wants to do better and he wants to like he doesn't want to be stuck he doesn't want to be stuck in his situation and he sees his situation as pitiful like he hates being poor he doesn't want to be like his father he doesn't want his father he saw his father as just a meaning meaning i don't want to say meaningless but just as a servant you know his father when he was his father's body was a burdening you could see his toes curl up and his foot stand upright and Balram started a dialogue the overhead dialogue in the narration saying that his father was resisting to die to be reborn and die again all for nothing and I don't think that his father was living for no reason I feel like his father was striving to do his best for his family and for his grandmother even you know the grandmother in the movie she is someone who rules the family with a tightened fist and she makes the decisions in the family she makes decisions if someone's going to get married off if someone's going to go to work she holds the money in the family she makes sure everyone is well fed everyone's taken care of and i think that balram resents his grandmother for that because his grandmother does tell him to do at certain points and he wants to be his own man he wants to make money he wants to be in charge he wants to be a leader and he saw his father him his father struggling in poverty as a man who was weak and weak-willed and it's not your father's fault that you were born into a poor family Balram. it's just this it's the systematic issues within your country that caused this divisive caste system and caused this huge problem with you know economic economic inequality but as I was watching the movie, it seemed very clearly that it's clear. It was clear to me that this is a movie where being poor is at your own fault. Like, oh, you're poor because you're lazy because you didn't work hard enough to make money to be rich because you didn't do what you needed to do to really provide for your family. He sees servants 
servants who are selfless, servants who work hard and do not steal from their masters, servants who keep their heads down and kind of go with the tide. He sees them as roosters just waiting to die, just stuck in prison. And in a way, he sees them as less than him, as stupid. And he thinks that he is better than other people because I don't like just because you could read at two years old does not mean you are better than people. You know what I mean? And it's perfectly fine to be ambitious, but I feel like I'm jumping ahead of myself right now. Y'all, we have even, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead of myself right now, but I feel like we can all understand. I feel like we all know that one person that like works at Walmart and they watch like Gary Vee videos and they're like, being a millionaire is not about how much money you make. It's about your mindset. It's like those videos, influencers telling you to like invest in like Dogecoin or whatever cryptocurrency is hot on the market right now and like make it for yourself build it for yourself build your own business and da 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 all this stuff so that you can have a six-figure salary and all that but is being rich really like gonna solve let me let's just get back to the movie because i'm sorry to go off on a tangent so sorry about that all right so as we continue on into the film uh, Balram is a bit older now and he is still working at the tea shop breaking stones and he sees his inn with the landlord Mr. the stork or aka Mr. Ashuk um wait no sorry the landlord's name is the stork he sees his inn with Mr. Ashuk who is the stork's younger son he just came from America and he goes to his grandmother for 300 rupees for a driving lessons because he finds out that Mr. Ashuk is looking for a driver. So he gets a driving lessons, he gets the job, and we learn a little bit about how things work in India when servants work for masters. Essentially, masters have to know where the servant's family lives. Masters learn everything about your family. That way, if you ever steal from your master or you try to run away, they will kill your family and this fact is presented to us and i feel like it just it makes i don't know i feel like the okay this fact is presented to us that like if you steal from your master if you're ready for your master we will just kill your family point blank period showing that rich people do not care about people who are poor or their lives or their livelihood in any kind of way they're trash to them they can discard them as easily as they can pick them up because there's always someone looking for new work and will simply just wipe out your family because you have brought dishonor upon them and why should they live in shame for what you for your wrongdoings when they could simply just die it's like that's the mindset that's the mindset that i was shown in the movie also if i ever say anything that's not cultural sorry if i ever say anything that's culturally incorrect Feel free to um, correct me because I'm always willing to learn. Okay, so Balram starts working for the Mr. Ashuk and the Stork and the Mongoose, who is the Stork's second son. I know that these people have real names, but I didn't write down the real names, so we're just going to call them by their nicknames, okay? Cool. So he starts working for them and he's trying to, you know, cl kind of climb up the ladder in a sense when he, as a servant, and he becomes obsessed and jealous of the number one servant who's been there before him he's been there for like 20 years so he tries to find out the other guy's secrets and everything and 
as he's trying to find out the guy's secrets, he finds out that he is Muslim. And the Storks hate Muslims. So he, Balram threatens the number one servant. He threatens to out him as a Muslim. And this man has to leave. He quits his job. He goes back home. Which is heartbreaking because this man has a family to feed. He has a family to take care of him. And he tells Balram this. And Balram is like, don't we all? Like, in this mocking tone of like, yes, he has a family to take care of. But you know what? I have a family to take care of too. Which is ironic because... In the middle of the movie, Balram stops, stops sending money to his family. And he keeps the money for himself. Granted, he does not make a lot of money, but he does start keeping the money for himself. So this man, even though he was a Muslim and the stories hate Muslims, like, that's another thing about the movie is the, um, I kind of like this movie showing me all the different sides of India that I don't know anything about, but I also can acknowledge that there are some parts of this movie that are kind of like taking um indian representation 10 steps back you know what i mean with the depict the depiction of poor people it kind of does lean toward the westernized um view of how poor people live and i'm sure that's how poor indians really do live but for him to simply it that's one thing about the movie I don't mind watching a movie where the main character is someone I can't really root for, someone I don't really like. I don't mind watching a movie like that. I don't need every main character to be Miss Strawberry Shortcake. You know what I talk, you know what I'm talking about? But Balram is he is just like so willing to let this man lose his job just so he can become the selfless servant, so he can be higher on the servant ladder he talks about how he hates how poor people are stuck in a rooster coop but he wants to get to the highest cage in the rooster coop why because he thinks it's going to get him closer to his employers or his masters and it is selfish and just terrible that he would threaten to expose a man's religion when he's only trying to provide for his family while Balram is simply trying to provide for himself. It's selfish. It's bad. We can all acknowledge that it's bad, but it also makes for a good movie. So one other thing that we learn in the film is that the Storks, I think they own like coal mines or something like that. And there is the prime minister of India known as the great socialist. She has been in power for a long time. And one thing we learn is that the great socialist is being paid by the storks because they are going into government coal mines and taking the coal out of there but they do not have to pay taxes and because they do not have to pay taxes they have to pay her like they have to bribe her you know what i mean but she comes to see them and she says that she wants them to bribe her more money so that they can keep taking money out of the government mines and She's extorting them basically, and if they don't do it, then you know they're going to be in trouble. So now they form the Storks form a plan to go to her political opponents to try and get them to win instead of her. Right? So they go to Delhi to try and pay the opposing party, and Balram is now going to drive them to Delhi. That's why he wanted to get rid of the mus the man, the number one servant who is Muslim, he wants to take them to Delhi. You know, he is really for himself. He, he acts in ways that's 
very conceited and arrogant. So the Mongoose leaves, which leaves Balram with Ashuk. Now, in the film, Balram and Ashuk have become very good friends. You know, there's one scene where Balram is talking to Ashuk, and he's Ashuk is with his wife Pinky, who is Priyanka Chopra, who is beautiful. Hello, Priyanka. <laughs> Not really likely that she's going to listen to this, but hey, you never know. So. Ashuk is asking Balram, do you know about internet? Do you know what the internet is? Do you know what Facebook is? Like, have you ever seen a computer? And it's clear that Balram hasn't because he's lived in poverty his whole life. So he hasn't been exposed to certain things that other people have been exposed to. Ashuk left India to go to America to study because his mother, you know, encouraged him to do so, which is how he knows about this stuff. And he also went there for business to, you know, build his business to make money, things like that. And Ashuk does this thing that people do (laughs) when they meet somebody who is not as exposed to, I guess, the outside world as others are. And he calls Balram half-baked, which is mean. It's just, it's mean. And is it an accurate depiction? Sure, but he didn't have to call him half-baked. Like, like his brain isn't fully developed. He's very, Balram is smart. He is intelligent, as we can see, even though he has not had proper schooling, as many other people do. He obviously, he obviously holds a high level of intelligence and cunning and wit. And Ashok says this in a way that's like, oh, you know, it's like, no, it's not mean. It's just, you know, that's just how he is. He's just like, he's just kind of half-baked, you know? And it's in that, like, fake, nice way that people do things where it's like, Mm, how would you describe it it's like when the homeschool kid comes to your class and you ask him if he knows who the <laughs> Minaj is or you ask him if he's like listen to Beyonce or if he's like watched a popular tv show what if he's watched like Black Mirror or if he's watched uh what's a really popular show like i don't know maybe bridgerton or money heist you know you ask him if he knows what netflix is and it's that thing where somebody who does not live the same life as you or has not grown up like you or has not been exposed to the same thing you are you see them as like innocent and like oh so sweet and just like so palpable and they're like my little plaything. he doesn't see him really as a person he is a person He's a man, but he doesn't see him as someone who has the same intellect and intelligence as him because he did not live the same life as him. And he sees him as simple. And one thing we learn is that Balram is not, (laughs) he's not simple in his mind. No, not at all. So now after the mongoose has left, Balram is just with the shook. And um, uh, one thing for certain rich people he says this thing that I find is very interesting. Um, rich people are born with opportunities that they can waste. Meaning that when someone does not have a lot of opportunities and they have, let's picture it like this. Everyone is walking down a certain path in their life and either every path has different doors. And some of those doors have locks on them. Some of those doors are very narrow and thin. And some of those doors are wide open. Some paths have multiple doors. And some paths have like one or two doors. And at the end of every single path, there is the door of death. The little doors that you find along the way in the path of your life, 
before the door of death, those are opportunities in your life to benefit you, to bless you, or to hurt you. So when a rich man has opportunities that he can wait, he can walk past multiple doors that can take him to wonderful, amazing, beautiful things. But he doesn't need to open all those doors because he knows it's going to be another one along the way. A poor man doesn't have the same liberty. When you are walking down the path and you were born into poverty, there are very minimal doors that will uplift you and help you break free of the cycle of poverty that you were born into. And because of that, people work very hard to rise out of the cycle of poverty. Sometimes turning to education, turning to hard work, building your own business, or to a life of crime, which we'll get to later in this movie because of course there's crime. What do you mean? (laughs) Of course there's crime in this movie. Let's go. All right. So we're continuing on. They're living in Delhi as um, Ashok is working on business and Balram, he lives in this like concrete garage with the other servants which you know we love imagery we love hitting it we love hitting the message right we love hitting the nail on the head getting it right on the nose like the poor people get the poor people live in like the underground concrete garage with the cars because like and with the rats because they're seen as lesser than than the rich people who live in these beautiful lavish apartments with uh, floor-to-ceiling windows and just lovely lighting and these beautiful soft couches like yes understood we see that we get it so as we continue on to the film it is pinky's birthday and this is where we get to the rising action of the film and also back to the scene at the beginning of the movie they go to a club and they're driving home but <laughs> <laughs> they start doing the bump and grind in the back seat and i was sitting here like what the heck is going on y'all know there's a person in the car and then ashok is like no there's someone here with us and pinky's like oh it's just balram and here's the thing right i like priyanka chopra's character i like what she brings to the film she is this confident independent woman who was born and raised in india like she lived in india until she was she was born and raised in america my bad she lived in India, like she was born in India and she lived there until she was 12 and her parents took her to America. And, you know, she is someone who stands up for herself. She's not someone who's quiet. She's not someone who just listens to her man. She stands by her man, but she has her own voice. And I like her character. I think that a lot of people were upset that Priyanka didn't have a bigger role in this film, but I feel like she fits, her role fits where it's supposed to fit. You know, she was raised in America and learned to stand up for herself and speak her own mind. And of course, in India, and especially for like a Shook's, from a Shook's father and a Shook's older brother, they think that she needs to be reined in and simply be seen and not heard. And I like that she has confidence. And even Balram says that she's very aggressive in a way, but that aggression just comes from the passion that she has for her husband and the work that he does. And she's nice to Balram. She does her best. She is shocked at the fact that um, they have servants. And that Balram basically like tends to their every waking need. But you know, even though she's kind of against like, it's very obvious that Pinky is the character of like, 
the rich girl who didn't really have to struggle for things and she like she loves to talk about the environment and like equal pay for women but the second she actually has to like be in the face of poverty and see oppression in her face she acts all like shook by it and she's against it of course but then it's just like eh it's whatever like at least it's benefiting me like if I'm not a bad person if I have a servant like I'm giving them a job and like that's good for the economy and it's good for them because I'm providing for them you know she gives me those vibes but those vibes are quickly those vibes are quickly dissipated when um Kiki decides she wants to drive even though she is drunk but a shook goes with it and you know Balram does not want her to drive he does not want her to drive at all but like what is he gonna do is he really gonna talk back to his like what is he gonna say so pinky is driving and they hit a kid they hit a kid and they're shook they're scared they're freaking out of course because they literally killed somebody and Balram drives them back to the hotel and you know Ashok, he goes to Balram. He's freaking out. He's scared. He's nervous because he just killed somebody and he's worried. He wanted to go to the police. And Balram's like, no, we can't go to the cops. Like, Miss Peaky will get in trouble. And they're like, what should we do? Like, and of course, like, Ashok, he's confused. He is conflicted. I'm sorry if you guys hear some weird clicking in the background. Um, my computer keeps going to sleep and I'm reading my notes off my computer. And it just went to the wrong freaking hold on one second. Sorry. Alright. What were we talking about? Right. <laughs> Pinky ran someone over. Prakka Chopra literally killed a child. And Balram is like, no, 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 you can't go to the police. You can't say anything. And this again is a point where Balram just says things that makes me not want to like him. It just kind of irks me in a way. And he's like, no one's going to care that kid died. That kid ran into the street. The kid was stupid. He should have been out at night. And like, that's what Ashok said. He's like, why was that kid out at night? He's like, the kid was stupid. It's fine. It's okay. Don't even worry about it. Nobody's going to notice that the kid is gone. These people, they have like 15, 20 kids all at once. They shouldn't have these many kids. Da, 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 all this stuff. And it's just like, the same kind of messaging and the same thought process from people here in the u.s with like why do poor people have so many kids you have all these kids that you can't take care of and like why are these kids out at night well you don't know if these kids are trying to earn money because in an earlier scene just before they hit that kid there was a young little girl who was trying to sell a little buddha statues to make a little bit of money on the side because you know, these little children, they try to have little side hustles to help their family because they are what? Poor. And being poor oftentimes will expose you to people who will hurt you and people who will kill you. And you know what that, you know what would help, um, you know what would stop that from happening if these people had money and the right resources so they can get jobs and they can get education so they can make a better life for themselves. But you know what? This is... This is not what this movie's about. This movie's about helping one poor man escape poverty. Not dismantling the system of poverty itself, because that would be ridiculous, right? Anyways. Um, yeah. They're running the child over. And Balram believes that he has done his duty to his master. He believes that he has, you know, he has consoled him. 
He has talked to him. He has assured him that everything's going to be fine. Nothing is wrong. Miss Pinky's not going to be trouble. You're not going to be trouble. Of course they're not going to be trouble, Balram. They're rich people. You're in trouble, son. Because the mongoose and the stork pull Balram aside and they tell him to sign a confession for the murder. Later in the film, Balram realizes that he probably should have asked for something in return for signing the confession. But I know for a fact, if he asked for something in return, they would have literally just beat him up in that hotel room right there for opening his mouth. Because he has no other choice but to sign the confession. Because what else are you going to do? You know, they basically, if somebody reports the child dead, they have his confession just in the front pocket of their shirt, you know, to hold it against him. And, you know, Ashok is torn over this. Pinky is torn over this. They're very sad. They're very hurt. And, you know, it's nice to see that, like, they genuinely are upset over murdering a child, over killing a child, because they didn't want to do that. And the thing is, Balram, he didn't even give it a second thought to this child's, he didn't give a second thought to this child's life, to this child's family. He didn't see the value in this kid. He didn't see a little boy that was killed, a future doctor whose life was cut short. He saw this child as a waste of space, essentially. And it shows how Balram, he was born into poverty. He was born in the circumstance and he doesn't even have any compassion for those who are still struggling he sees the people who aren't as smart as him who don't work as hard as him who aren't as intelligent as him people who are not of his caliber people who are not like him people who cannot make the same moves as him they are less than him and therefore they deserve poverty because they now have worked they've not worked hard enough to get out of poverty but one thing you we need to realize about being poor is that it's not that simple to just stop being poor it's not a state of mind it's not as easy as people think it is there are so many mitigating circumstances into people's um you know place in your your wealth you know it's just he looks at it as very cut and dry and it's black and white and you realize as as you live your life you realize that not having money is not as simple as people say it is like just make money like no my guy no it's not just as simple and so, Balram, he signs the confession, holding it over his head, you know, his family is also going along with it. Of course, the storks talked to his family about it and talked about how he was doing a service to his masters by taking the fall for something, taking the fall for something he did not do, you know. And there is this beautiful overhead shot of their property, of the apartment or the hotel that they're staying in, whichever it may be. But it's beautiful. It's vast, vast, it's spacious. There's like a golf course. There's the road. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful overhead shot of where they're staying. And then there's Balram hiding in the grass. So small, so insignificant because he truly thought that he was getting close to Mr. Ashok and that he was someone who was valued and beloved. And one thing he needs to realize is that he isn't. He's a small, minuscule part of their life that they will li- gladly throw away to protect their own status because they don't care about him. And it's truly ironic that Balram does not care for 
the people who currently live in the situation that he is escaping from. He doesn't care that this young boy was killed. He cares more about helping himself and he sees everyone else as an obstacle in his way to his success. And to see him not at all be mournful of the child's death is a huge red flag and also foreshadowing, of course. All right. So we find out that nobody reports the child being murdered, so he doesn't need to take the fall. And so Balrog starts to cry, and then the stork kicks him in the face, of course. And then Pinky <laughs> starts to choke out a Shook's dad, which I found hilarious, which she should have done it. Like, she should have did it right there. But, you know, he is, he doesn't, he isn't choked out. He isn't murdered by Pinky. Pinky is upset, very, very much upset. And, you know, she says she's done. She's over it. She's just, like, heartbroken by all of it. And... I can imagine her struggle and her pain like she came to India simply to be with her boyfriend's family and then she kills somebody and then the servant has to take the fall for it but she can't do anything she can't say anything about it because that's just the way that things work in India and she's so although she may be happy that she doesn't take she's probably happy that Balram doesn't have to go to jail for her crimes I'm sure she's much happier that she doesn't go to jail (laughs) because I'm sure prison in India girl I'm sure is not a vacation it's probably not that nice but she goes to Balaram in the middle of the night and asks him to drive her to the airport and then starts the series of very strange visions in this movie where people are talking to Balaram but not really talking to him and I don't know if this is what happened in the book I'm gonna be honest I did not read the book before I watched this movie because you know who reads anymore but um we're watching the film and Pinky apparently says to Balaram that he was looking for the key for years, but the door was always open. And it was kind of like a vision or something. But when we like kind of snap out of that vision, it's just Pinky. She's just staring at the window. So it's obviously something that has been being told to Balram through, I don't know, his spirit guide or something. So when Pinky leaves for the airport, she gives Balram a pocket full, an envelope full of money. And this is another thing that people don't seem to understand about poverty. It's something that Pinky doesn't understand. It's something that Balram doesn't understand is that there's a reason why it's so hard to escape poverty in India because your employers will first of all kill your family, which is why you go to work to provide for your family. But it's, it's becoming very glaringly obvious that Balram doesn't care about his family. He doesn't care what happens to his family. He doesn't want to take care of them. He wants to take care of himself. And he sees his family as an obstacle. He sees his family as... A, a weight on his back and he needs to get rid of that dead weight and move on and if that means they're actually dead then that means they're actually dead and it is nice of pinky to give Balram this money but it's not going to be enough for him to run away and leave the family she gives him a good stack of cash but that stack of cash is not going to be enough for him to like get an apartment get a car and try and find a new job all in all those it's not enough. It simply is not. Okay. So, after Pinky leaves, Ashok is... He's shook because he's upset because his wife left him. And he's angry and he's very, very upset. And he gets very drunk and he's sad and Balram starts taking care of him. And he says this thing that is... He says... If servants load their masters, do he asked if servants load, load their masters behind a facade of love, 
or do they love them behind a facade of loathing i think it's the first one because it's obvious that um balron becomes this doting wife in a way to a shook like literally they start going on dates with one another and it's just like okay <laughs> like they really do start hanging out with one another like at one point Ashuk goes into Abaram's sleeping quarters which is in, in a garage with cockroaches like literally underground and they're just like hanging out in his bed and I'm like um is this about to I thought I was touching some dog millionaire but this feels a little broke back mountain to me hello that doesn't happen well I don't remember exactly but if it did happen I feel like I would remember but essentially um it's very obvious that Ashuk he has some mommy issues and issues with codependency. It's very sad that his, you know, mother isn't in the film. She probably passed away. They don't really talk about what happened to his mom in the movie. I guess they just found that irrelevant. But um, Ashuk does everything he can. No, not Ashuk. Balram does everything he can to take care of Ashuk and to, like, lift his spirits to make sure he doesn't drink. He takes him to go pray and he, like, he truly does try and be there for Ashuk and Ashuk he depends on him a lot but you know Balram is the servant he is replaceable so obviously that um friendship does not last for long and as we go about the movie Balram in his narration has another enlightened question for a certain enlightened thought and the thought is the desire to be a servant has been poured into him, hammered into his skull, poured into his soul. And he, Balram starts to feel unappreciated by his master. He is confused as to why Miss Pinky gave him that amount of money, when obviously it would not be enough money for him to truly and sincerely leave Ashuk and Stork and the monks to be able to leave that family and start his own life. It wouldn't be enough money to take care of his expansive family that's like back in the village that he grew up and he was raised in the money that she gave him wouldn't do anything so it just sits in an envelope under his bed because what is he to do with this money where where would he go how would he how would he leave how would he survive how would he escape with this little pocket money that he has been given and it also highlights the um, misunderstanding that rich people have about what it takes to escape poverty <laughs> poverty is not exactly prison it's like prison underground in a network of tunnels below the surface level of the ocean like a thousand feet under the sea like poverty is not something you can poverty is not an escape room it's not like that it's like the movie escape room that's what poverty is and there's something a little bit more complex to just not being poor anymore which i've already stated obviously but you know we can move on from that point um so Balram, feeling underappreciated by his employers starts to cheat his master he gives him phony invoices and sells patrol from the master's car to other servants he cruises around like in like a taxi and starts paying for and starts Excuse me, I yawn and starts to drive around paying customers. Um, and even as Balram is literally cheating his employer, 
Ashok goes to visit Balram in his sleeping quarters and he thinks that Balram has been out driving to the temple to pray for his health. Ashok cannot possibly believe that Balram is out there taking money from him, lying to his face, and cheating his master out of his money. Ashok cannot think that because he thinks that Balram is so sweet and so innocent and so kind and so selfless and so doting, like a good servant that he would never ever hurt his master because he loves his master and when Ashuk first came to India he did not like the fact that um, Balram would open the door for him or call him sir or anything like that but Ashuk has become dependent on Balram because his wife left and he likes to be seen as you know the master he likes to be seen as the authority figure he likes to be held up on a pedestal because it's obvious that his father doesn't take him seriously his brothers doesn't take him seriously and he has this very poor desperate man who is there working for him who sees him as a kind of deity in a way and he and he likes it he he revels in it you know what i mean and ashuk also says that he wishes he had a simple life like balram that life is easy for him and life is not easier because you're poor but it's also not easier because you're rich what makes life easy i don't know some people do live an easy life some people live a life where they do not have anything bad happen to them but really it really doesn't matter where like it doesn't matter if you're born rich or poor or middle class it doesn't matter what part of the country you're born in whether you're born in india or the u.s everyone has a difficult and hard life and sometimes it's just not as simple as being born poor that way you do not have to worry about money and things you can simply uh worry when people say oh you're born poor which means you can spend more time with your family yes your big family with many mouths to feed and not enough clothes on people's backs and you have to work to the bone to put food on the table and there are people there who are taking your money you're constantly in debt and you're worrying about money you can't simply be in the moment to be with your family or when you're born rich and you have all these things around you but you never feel satisfied you never feel whole you never feel like you're really there in the present moment you never feel truly happy with the things that you have and the people around you are not people who really love you are not honest with you and don't really care about you they're simply there for the money they're there for the glamour and the glitz but they're not there to be with you to create a relationship with you to create connection with you to love you and you feel alone in this sea of gold and jewelry you are alone you are this sad little boy who doesn't have a mommy anymore and it doesn't really it's not really like the money that makes you whole it's who you it's who you are as a person and even though balram was a poor man and you would think being born poor would humble him. He has the mindset of a rich man who is conceited and arrogant and only thinks for himself. He is extremely selfish and cunning. He does not care about others. He doesn't have compassion for others. He is simply out for his own personal gain. And even though he does act like a selfless servant, it is simply to get him to the higher goal of being better than everyone else. He wants to be at the top of the totem pole. He wants to be in the top rooster cage and he wants to break out of that cage. He does not want his neck to be snapped in half and his legs to be cut off and skinned and then cooked for people to eat. He wants to be free. He wants to fly. He wants to crow and he wants to do whatever he can to get there. And Ashuk believes that Balram cares for him and that he's sweet because he's a poor man, but also because he's half-baked, because he's stupid, because he couldn't even think to betray his master. He couldn't even think to go against him, because why would he? He has been hammered in his school to serve him. He calls him sir. He opens the door for him. He washes his feet. He 
cleans up the beer bottles from his room when he gets too drunk to stand he takes him out to eat he takes him to pray of course the man who's been so doting and loving to him would not turn his back to him never he would never think to do that when ashok does not realize that balram has been cheating him the whole time but he cannot see that he cannot see that he will not see it because balram is his sweet boy his sweet servant so simple so stupid oh there's another um thought that balram has in his narration men born in the light have the choice to be good but men like balram do not have that choice and that's wrong that's not right when he says men born in the light he means men that are born rich men who are rich have the choice to be good to do good things to help other people and to show compassion because it will not bite back back it will not bite back at them i don't know why i went through that whole stuttering thing i'm so sorry guys but men like balram do have the choice to be good they do have the choice to help others they do have the choice balram does not see it beneficial to him to continue his schooling because truly he's looking to be rich he's looking to make money he wants to be like a shook but this man has a job he has money even though with the even with the money that piggy gave him even though it's not enough for him to like run away and like make a new identity it might be enough for him to pick up a freaking book it might be enough for him to try and go back to school to try going to college he could try doing that he can try looking for a new career in a way and i'm sure i'm sure a shook would have been understanding of balram wanting to you know further his schooling so that he can gain some intelligence but balram is not looking at things to do things the right way essentially he wants to do things the quick way the fast way and that often leads to what ladies and gentlemen crime it leads to crime and there are a lot of points in the movie where balram is just wrong you do not have to turn to doing things that are uh, for lack of a better word immoral to make money or to escape poverty there are other options there's always school there's always hard work and you can also be someone who's poor and choose to do good things and live in the light and help your fellow man because if you help other people eventually they will come back and help you you know you never know what happens so Baran believes that he has no choice but to act in um, a villainous way and it is very true, like I said before, that people who are bored rich have more opportunities and more choices in their lives to, you know, make money, have more opportunities to do things that will benefit them. And people who are poor do not have the same opportunities and do not have the same doors that are open to them. That is very true. And I don't want to seem, ugh, I don't want to say this, but sometimes you got to make your own opportunities. And the way that Balram goes about making his own opportunities is not, no. Pinky, in the vision he had, which quote unquote Pinky said, but she didn't really say, the door was always open. You know, you're looking for the key to the door is always open, meaning he, and in his mind, he believes that like, you can escape this poverty. But for me, it means you are looking for a way to break free of the systematic hold that poverty has on you and your family. But it, it doesn't have to be in the way that you think it does. And it has to be through the methods that you are hoping to go about it there are other ways to break free of that but we don't see that instead you know what happens um 
right? Ashok, he is um, bribing politicians and trying to get them to become the prime minister. It doesn't work. The great socialist wins, and now she wants 14 million rupees. So, 14 million rupees, wow. Now, Balram's nephew goes to visit him, and Ashok gives him the day off. But even though Ashok gives him the day off, he only gives him the day off to find his replacement. And Balram finds out that his grandmother wants to marry him off because they haven't sent him because he hasn't sent the money in seven months so Balram starts to formulate a plan he formulates a plan to take Ashok to the um great socialist but along the way one of the tires pops out oh no car trouble Balram gets out of the car to try and fix the tire it is also raining outside it's raining heavily it's always raining when these kind of things happen and then he asks Ashok to come out and help him with the tire. Nothing's wrong with the tire, by the way. He just needs to shook out of the car so that he can stab him in the back of the neck with a broken beer bottle that he took from the garage. And he kills him. He goes back for his nephew. He takes the red bag full of $4 million. He gives a bribe to police to arrest all the drivers with expired licenses. And he starts his business called White Tiger Drivers. He has 30 drivers who work shifts with with 26 air-conditioned cars. He is now known as Ashok Sharma. He lives in the light. His drivers are his employees, not his family. And his family suffered a terrible fate for what he had done. But he makes up the excuse that the poor can only make it to the top by two ways. Crime and punishment. Oh wait, crime or politics. Why did I say crime and punishment? My bad. Yeah, he says that the poor can only get to the top by committing crimes or getting into politics and he says that he broke out of the coop and then the camera pants to all these men who are stuck in Ashok's coop he took on the name Ashok because he is a kind man who helps his drivers but he's not really a kind man because Ashok wasn't always kind and you know helpful to Baram Ashok would like fight him and be angry at him and yell at him and say horrible things to him and Balram killed Ashok even though Ashok showed him kindness like Ashok wasn't very nice like he wasn't the nicest person in the movie but like well he was a nice person in the movie, to be honest well Pinky was actually but like Ashok wasn't perfect but he wasn't as bad as the mongoose or the stork but Balram killed Ashok because that was the way he could get the four million dollars and then create his business and of course, it doesn't make sense to me how Balram is able to like become this very rich man, this very successful man, and nobody would notice the fact that he is now wanted for murder. Because remember, the Stork family has the confession that he signed for the murder of that child. So, like, and also you killed a rich man, bro. Like, how are you getting away with this? How is he being able to just be successful and like go to five star hotels and all this stuff without being wanted by the police? Like, make it make sense, y'all. Anyways that's essentially the white tiger um did i like the movie yeah <clears throat> sorry i yawned for a second yes i liked the movie i thought it was very interesting i thought it was really it's really good it's a really good film do i agree with a lot of the parts of the movie no but i think that the actor who played Baram, i think his name is adarsh gurav he really does take on the charm of this narrator of this character and he like he 
he does a great job with the role that he's given and it's very clear to me that like the character of Balram was so quick to embrace his ruthlessness and the cynicism of making it to the top of the ladder and he only saw he saw only one way to get to the top to escape poverty and that was through a life of crime through a life of lying through being ruthless to being someone who pushes aside his humanity and simply does what he has to do to get to where he wants to be and you know he's someone who um does not show pity for people who are poor he feels like people victimize themselves and he thinks that people do not work hard enough to escape poverty when really generational poverty is not something that's easy to escape and people work very hard even if they don't make a lot of money they work very hard to provide for their children with an education you know and even though this is was an interest it was an interesting movie it was a good movie it does also highlight the terrible mindset that people have towards poor people that poor people are lazy and that you can rise above poverty if you simply work hard enough but there are poor people who work harder than rich people all the time every single day day in and day out and the excuse that like you had the same 24 hours as bill gates yes but a lot of these rich people were born rich like there are certain um existing circumstances that people ignore you, you know it's supposed to be this rag to riches story that's supposed to be inspirational but the way he gets to be made the way he gets to the top making all of this money and becoming this wealthy and entrepreneur businessman the way he gets there is murder literally murder and is that admirable is it admirable is it more admirable to kill your employer who is who does see themselves as their master who was rude to you but ultimately kind to you and ultimately showed you grace and compassion in certain times where he probably shouldn't have and yes i know he set him up for murder i know that i was there but like he was still nicer to him than like the other people were and he was like it was the um it's like the doting it's like the forgivable the lovable master in a way you know what i mean you know i'm trying to think of a character similar to him but i can't really think of one right now but you know what i'm saying right you got to the point that you are now this isn't like the story isn't based on a real story it's obviously fictional but you know what i mean through murder murder and to be very clear in like real life even if you do rise above poverty whatever and you make a lot of money it doesn't mean that you're going to escape discrimination it doesn't mean that your life is um magically better now you know there are plenty of people who make a lot of money who are rich and we're people of color in any country and they still deal with discrimination from others like the caste system in india is still something that prevails to this day and you know having six figures in a big account will not you know deter from the fact that you probably were born into a lower class and people will still hold that against you no matter how many gold chains you have or if you have a rolex or you know whatever whatever it may be and i do think that like blaming poor people for being poor is counterproductive to helping people who live in poverty 
because they still deal with physical violence. They deal with discrimination and prejudice, you know, not being able to receive schooling and the good jobs. There is a way to help people who live in poverty. And the way to do that is not to tell them to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Okay. It's counterproductive. And the cycle of intergenerational and systematic poverty is engrossing and haunting in this film. And the portrayal of it is something that kind of irks me. And I feel like it leans more towards the um, westernized view of poverty in India. You know, that it's just a bunch of people having too many kids and not doing it for themselves. I feel like there's something more wholesome and more meaningful and there's a more meaningful message that you can learn from people who are born into poverty not to romanticize it in a way but to sincerely depict it in a like genuine way and not to like make it seem like this horrible downtrodden thing that is a death sentence you know and even if you know i do acknowledge that like even if you do get an education and you get a good job there will still be problems that people face like women will find difficulty being hired into well-paying jobs because the bias against hiring women in general obviously Uh, excuse me i do think that the movie in a way reinforces the stereotypes that poor people are helpless and the um trope the whole right overriding theme the thing with like the rooster croup and everything that is offensive and it does dehumanize poor people and it does it depicts them as animals like literally depicts them as animals you know he um Balram in the movie he sees that little boy who got run over as a rooster who got his head cut off and that it was just inevitable that he would die and like you know for him to for his life to have been spared would have been a waste of space is what he sees in that little boy that literally got run over and even Bahram, he has to be subservient and he has to be selfless and he has to be docile to his masters because he's scared and it is ironic that he is experiencing the same things that other servants experience and yet he thinks that he's better than them simply because he got the chance to murder his master and steal from him but in the end that ended up having your whole family 17 people brutally murdered why so you could live in a five-star hotel for you to have no disregard for other people's lives simply so that you can benefit from it and that you can live a beautiful life it's not admirable it's not admirable <laughs> it's not you know i understand that capitalism is cutthroat like literally cutthroat but like you know it's a good movie i will say that it's it's pretty good when you don't read too deeply into everything that i just talked about it's a very you know impassioned film um and i am against movies that take systematic problems and like take the one the one at one in a million story and make that the exception as to why why can't everybody else just rise above and just be better like that's not how it works but okay whatever all in all pretty solid movie i would give it like a seven out of ten i'm glad i watched it though i did enjoy it like thoroughly and if you guys like it too definitely go check it out it's on netflix it's pretty dope and uh yes that's basically it i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast i've been meaning to watch that i'm going on i am your one and only host monica dulcio and uh let's see you feel free to like um follow me on twitch i stream on twitch uh from tuesday to friday 
7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On Fridays, it's 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I also have a YouTube channel. Feel free to subscribe to that. Feel free to follow me on social media, at Instagram and on Twitter. And if you have any other, if you have any suggestions of movies that I should watch, feel free to email me at D-U-L-C-I-O-M at Hotmail.com. Again, that is D-U-L-C-I-O-M at Hotmail.com. Feel free to send me any of your suggestions. I am always open to new things to watch. And that's basically it. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening and stay blessed, okay? Bye-bye.